let's shift into wellness. I'm your host, Amber Patchla, wellness advocate, food lover, oils enthusiast, and lover of life. In this podcast, we will touch on all things wellness and journey together to become our healthiest and strongest selves in body, mind, and spirit. Join me and my amazing guests every Tuesday for your dose of positivity and overall health tips. Thanks so much for being here with me. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Shift into Wellness, and thanks so much for being here. My recent shift into wellness started this winter when I was feeling a little down and out and knew I needed to make some changes. Podcasts were a huge part of it, so much so that I felt called to start my own. I heard Samantha Gladish being interviewed on one early in my podcast discoveries and was drawn to her immediately. Lucky for me, she has her own podcast, Healthy Hormones for Women, which quickly became one of my faves. I've learned so much from her and her guests. It actually still shocks me just how little I knew about women's hormone health. Full transparency, I had never even heard of the word perimenopause until my girlfriend Jamie brought it up one day in a chat. That is mental. Sam Gladish quickly became someone I admire and look up to. She is successful, a bright light, and best of all, wants to see other people, women in particular, succeed. That is something I think is just the best. Women elevating other women. I love it. Sam is a total boss. Best-selling author, podcaster extraordinaire, runner of multiple online programs, including the eight-week Metabolic Reset Weight Loss Program and Healing and Dealing with Hashimoto's. And she now offers business mentorship and coaching. I'm so fucking pumped she's here today. Thanks so much, Sam, for being here. (laughs) That was an amazing (laughs) intro. Thank you so much. That means a lot. It really does. Oh, man. My pleasure. I just like, I can't thank you enough for being here. So giddy up. (laughs) (laughs) So Sam, let's dive right into it. Um, Could you just give us a little background on your own health journey and what led you to decide to specialize in women's hormone health? Yeah, absolutely. So I feel like so many of us that get into the health and wellness space, It often is because we have our own health crises and something that happens and and it leads us down that path. And that was Mm -hmm. definitely the case for me. And so I was always, even as a young girl, like I was just innately interested in food and nutrition and wellness and always connected to the garden. And I grew up in a household Mm -hmm. where my mother made everything from scratch, my grandmother would babysit me. And even though they were Portuguese, I couldn't understand a word they said, but, (laughs) you know, we connected through food and she was feeding me homemade food and we would go in the garden. And so just from a very young age, I was always just very connected to, to the earth and food. And so as I got older, of course, in my teens, as most teenagers do, you know, your healthy habits die hard and You're eating fast food and, (laughs) you know, with your friends and partying and all that kind of stuff. And so I was dealing with a lot of PMS issues and symptoms and bloating and a ton of migraines and headaches and just this discomfort around my cycle. And so I I went to the doctor and, of course, uh, 
I was offered the birth control pill. But to be quite honest, a lot of my friends at that age too, around, you know, 16, 17, they were on the pill. And here I was seeing them have these like easy breezy cycles or what I thought Mm. was the easy breezy cycles, right? And Mm -hmm. I was like, well, if they're on the pill, well, then I should go on the pill too. So I remember going to my doctor's office and and, um, yeah, being put on the birth control pill that day, just handed a pack. I was not told anything else. I wasn't told about side effects. I wasn't told anything about my cycle, how to monitor and track my cycle, like nothing like that. Um, and I stayed on the pill for almost eight years. And then then I was definitely lucky in the sense that when I did come off the pill a month later, I got my period back. No problem. And I've been regular ever since, Mm -hmm. but I was also very health conscious at the same time and taking supplements and all of that. So Anyhow, that that kind of began began the journey of just really diving in deeper and doing my own research and, you know, kind of having this point in my life where I was like, when I went to CSNN, the Canadian School of Natural Nutrition, mm-hmm. I didn't even realize like you could do that. I didn't even realize like that was a career that you could go and study this. I was studying at the University of Toronto and it was kind of halfway through my degree where I realized, okay, I'm going to finish out this degree, but I'm going to go study nutrition. I'm going to the school after. And, um, you know, I want to educate women about their cycle and period health and the birth control pill. And that's kind of how it, how it began for me. Amazing. And we sure appreciate uh, the fact that you went that route because (laughs) (laughs) like I said, in, in the, in the intro, like, I fancy myself to be a pretty bright gal and I had no clue really what was going on. Um, So having someone like you uh, is very beneficial for a lot of us. Um, So a very basic question, Sam, but can you talk to us a little bit about women's hormones? Like what are we talking about exactly? Totally. And it is a very complex topic for Mm. sure. Mm -hmm. And to keep things very basic and very simple to understand, because if we go too complex, well, then you can't understand it. And then it means you can't really implement any any of the strategies around that. And I want women more than anything to be able to implement strategies and go do the everyday things that's going to make it's going to make a difference with their hormones. So typically when we speak about hormones, we, for the most part, many of us think about sex hormones, estrogen and progesterone. And mm-hmm. yes, those are our main, our primary sex hormones along with testosterone. So I like to refer to estrogen as the sex kitten of hormones. Mm. And I like to refer <laughs> to progesterone as like the fat cat of hormones. So okay. um, estrogen is really what's going to give you this like this energy, this like vivaciousness, this, you know, your libido, your sexiness, your femininity. Um, It also does help with, obviously, along with progesterone, it's going to help with your menstrual cycle and menstruation and ovulation. Um, And then progesterone on the flip side, I refer to as the fat cat. It does not make you fat, to be very clear, actually. (laughs) Progesterone can really be helpful for fat burning, but I think of like a fat cat that like wants to cuddle on the couch and is like chill and just, you know, like calm. That's what progesterone is. It really does give you this sense of calm and it also means like pro-gestation, right? So if you are 
having a baby, it's going to help bring your baby to full term, right? Mm. Um, so progesterone is very, very key. Both hormones play a very huge role in in, preg- in pregnancy and fertility and menstruation and ovulation. And then, of course, we have our testosterone. And m- typically, we refer to, you know, men and testosterone and women don't often associate having testosterone Um you know, associate themselves with testosterone, but we do have small amounts of testosterone for sure. And it does help with our libido. It does help with muscle mass and weight loss. Mm-hmm. Um, so they all play a role, you know, they all play a role. And those are the main sex hormones. But outside okay. of that, I mean, there's a lot. There's our adrenal hormones, right? And we probably hear a lot about cortisol. And mm-hmm. cortisol is the sort of quote unquote stress hormone, it kind of gets this really bad rap because we think that, you know, having too much cortisol is a bad thing. And and yes, it is. But it's not that we want, we don't want too high cortisol. We don't want too low cortisol. We want just the right amount of cortisol, mm-hmm. right? And so, yes, if you are highly stressed and you're type A and you're go, go, go and perfectionism and, you know, taking on so many things <laughs> and you don't have healthy boundaries and all of that, yeah, you're going to drive up your cortisol. You're going to really overwork those adrenals. Um, And then, of course, there's our thyroid hormone. And that governs a lot in the body. You know, we have thyroid hormone in pretty much every cell in the body and all the receptors in the body. Mm -hmm. And that's going to govern your your memory, your brain health, your digestion, your fertility, your menstrual cycle, your energy, your sleep, your metabolism – a lot of things. So mm. thyroid hormone is is really important. And of course, there's so much beyond that. You know, we mm-hmm. have serotonin, our happy hormone. We have melatonin for sleep. We have hormones, leptin and ghrelin for hunger and satiety. Like, it, you know, it can go on and on and on. But those are really a lot of the core hormones. And typically when women have health issues or hormone imbalances, these are the the core ones that we look at. Your sex hormones, your adrenals, your thyroid, that's where we really want to look first. Awesome. And that list that you just gave us, like, <laughs> that's a big list. Yes. So, you know, <laughs> truly, like if, so if your hormones are, are off kilter, if you will, that's going to lead to a lot of problems, just even listening to that list. So, Sam, what are we, what are, what are we as women looking for, um, to, you know, sort of to see if, if we have healthy hormones currently, or if we don't, and we might need some help. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a great question. So for women who are listening to this, who are still menstruating, we obviously want to look at our menstrual cycle because that's Mm. going to govern a lot about the health of our hormones. And so we want to be looking at our menstrual cycle having a, you know, quote unquote regular cycle. Now, typically a regular cycle means, you know, every 28 days, but that doesn't mean that that's the norm. Some women might be every 26 days. Some women might be every 35 days, Mm. but anything be, you know, less than 26 and beyond 35 is something that I would definitely want to look at and and question and see what's going on there. Um, But somewhere around that range, as long as you are getting it, you know, very regular at those times, then then that's a good thing. Um, You know, the the flow of menstruation, how heavy your bleed might be or how light it might be, heavier bleeds could really mean more estrogen dominance, 
light bleeds could mean lower progesterone. Um, you know, there's so many things that can, can go on there and, and so many things you can do to fix, to fix that for sure. Um, and then of course we want to be looking at like ovulation. Mm. Typically when we think about our menstrual cycle and we think about ovulation, of course we think about fertility and having a healthy menstrual cycle doesn't just mean having babies. You know, that's, that's, part of it, of course. And if you're listening to this and you want to get pregnant, of course, you know, you your menstrual cycle plays a very big role in that. But being fertile doesn't just have to equate to having babies. You know, being fertile means that you have healthy hormones, you have a healthy cycle, you're producing estrogen and progesterone every month, you're ovulating every month. That's what being fertile is. And, you know, you can birth different things into the world, like creative projects and books and podcasts and things like that, right? So fertility can mean really different things. But even if you don't want to have a baby, you still want to have a very healthy cycle and be fertile for as long as you can. Um, so looking at your cycle, number one, that's going to be really important is just looking at the length. Um, of your cycle, as well as the the bleed, as well as ovulation. That's really important. You know, you can track that definitely with apps and things like that. You mm-hmm. can track it with looking at cervical mucus. You can track it with looking at your temperature, you know, things like that. So that's number one for sure. Let's look mm-hmm. at the menstrual cycle. And then outside of that, I mean, there's a host of symptoms that, you know, could potentially arise. So if you are gaining weight just out of nowhere, you know, you're moving well, you're eating well, you're sleeping, but the weight, it just seems to be coming on out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. So time to look at adrenals, time to look at thyroid. If, um, you know, you have a lot of brain fog going on and memory issues happening and like forgetfulness, that mm-hmm. could also be adrenals and thyroid as well. You know, if you have a lot of breast tenderness or water retention, um, that could be estrogen dominance. If you find that you are very moody and uh, irritable and anxious, um, that could mean low progesterone. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, if, you're, if your digestion is really sluggish and you feel backed up and constipated and bloated a lot and... Um, just really heavy after meals, that could also be low thyroid function. Um, you know, and on the flip side, maybe you're losing weight very quickly and mm-hmm. rapidly or have a very, um, you know, uh, racing heartbeat. That could actually be high thyroid function, hyperthyroidism. So it could be numerous things, wow. you know, numerous symptoms across the board. Um, and, uh, you know, even skin issues, like things that are really starting to come out of the norm. And also if you find that you just can't sleep at night, right? If you find mm-hmm. that you're not, you're not sleeping well and now your sleep's been disrupted, you know, you're waking up in the middle of the night or it's taking you an hour to, to fall asleep. Yeah. Or, you know, that could be some blood sugar issues. Insulin is going to play a really big role <laughs> here. We're going to get to all of that. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, there's wow. so much. Um, and it's important that we just pay attention. Amazing. Like, yeah, Sam, all of those things that, that you're saying to look out for are things, like some of them were things that I noticed in myself, but certainly I know a woman that's experiencing one of those things for sure. And the more that I talk to friends and, and acquaintances and other women, the more that I realize how much help they need and, and yes. that we need. Absolutely. Um, 
And I have to just go back and say thank you. I just were touching on the fact that not every woman is called to have children and I'm one of them and I'm 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 uh, I'm I'm quite alone in that to be honest and right but it's still it is um it is very important to me to feel like I'm having like fertile exactly what you said for other reasons and having a healthy cycle so right I appreciate you recognizing that as well um of course uh okay so <laughs> okay let's talk a bit about your book Sam so I I mean, I ordered it and it took a long time to get. I was like, Aww. what the hell, Amazon? Like, usually if it's something I'm like, I kind of want it, it comes the next day. And if it's something Same. I really want, but anyway, <laughs> it's here and I'm so happy I got it. Um, and it's really good. And it's um, it's really well written. I really, like when we just started talking in the beginning of this of uh, of this interview, you said, okay, well, I could go dive in like deep, deep, but I want people to understand. And I feel like you wrote the book so that people can understand it. Totally. Um, yes. And in it, you cover a lot of topics. So I'd like to touch on a few, if that's cool. For sure. And, uh, and start with something you just brought up. So let's start with sleep. Sleep, I think is, is so important. And it's something that I hear you talk about on your podcast a lot. You wrote about it in your book. Can you tell us why sleep is so important and how much sleep you recommend? And maybe do pe different people need different amounts of sleep or levels of sleep and how yeah. they can uh, help us, how it can help us? Absolutely. I mean, sleep is such a cornerstone of our health and our, and our hormones. And I know for myself back in 2017, I was diagnosed with autoimmune Hashimoto's and we can you know definitely dive into that for sure. But my sleep was one of the things that was impacted. And if you're not sleeping, you're not healing. You mm -hmm. know, when you're sleeping, it allows, this is the time where your body can rejuvenate and detox and rest. And it's essential. Your body's going through like a, a cleansing of sorts, right? And you get into that deep sleep and that REM sleep where it's mm -hmm. actually helping to cleanse the brain essentially as well. So um, your sleep is so important. And if you find, like I said earlier, if you find that you're not falling asleep or you're waking up numerous times throughout the night, um, this is time to start diving in deeper and seeing, you know, what's going on in, in your life in terms of perhaps stress levels and, and diet, movement, hormones, you know, all of it plays a role here. Um, so when we, we want to, I mean, the most important part of our sleep is, is circadian rhythm, right? And we really want to honor the cycles of light and dark and day and night. Mm -hmm. And so when the sun sets, that's when we want to start winding down. And even having dim lights in your house is going to be really, really important. Mm -hmm. um, you should not have these bright lights at night because it will impact your melatonin production. Um, even if during the day you're on the computer, I mean, I work from home, <laughs> I have an online business, mm -hmm. I'm on the computer a lot. Mm -hmm. I do have those um, not so pretty blue blocking glasses that I do wear um, and it does block the blue light. Um, so for those who maybe are unfamiliar with the blue light, you know, you probably hear a lot about junk food. Well, there's also junk light and yeah. blue light is junk light. It is the light that's coming off of your phone, off of the TV, off of your computer screen, and it starts to impact your mel melatonin production, which is your sleepy hormone. Um, if that gets impacted, it will also impact your serotonin production, which is your happy hormone. And so 
you really want to either wear blue blocking glasses during the day or when you're watching TV or when you're on your phone. Um, do not take your phone into your bedroom at night and lie on your, you know, lie in your bed <laughs> on your phone scrolling social media. That's it's a, a tough big, one. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah, a big no no. Uh, we have like a house rule where we don't take our phones into the bedroom where we we just keep them out. Um, that's really important to us. And um, yeah, I mean, that's just really important is is blocking out the blue light, being okay. conscious how much you're on the computer and TV and all that. And if you are on that and have to be, of course, for work purposes and whatnot, then, you know, wear, wear the glasses for sure. They're easy to order online. There's, there's so I'm many I'm wearing nowadays. my nerdy ones right now. Oh, awesome. Speak, yeah. So. <laughs> I, I have mine yeah. and um, yeah, I should totally put them on. But um, so that's number one is being conscious of, you know, the, the blue light for sure. Okay. And um and then, like I said, just winding down at night, having a really healthy routine in the evening so that you can support that melatonin production. And then on the flip side, you know, supporting healthy sleep means exposing yourself to natural light. So, so many people wake up, they go straight to their kitchen, they make their coffee, they get, get their food, get ready for work, go in their car, go straight to work, are mm. in you know office all day long, artificial light, computer, get in their car, go home. When do they go outside? Right. Yeah. So we need to expose ourselves to that natural light because exposing literally your eyes to the sunlight during the day, the first thing in the morning actually helps to set that circadian rhythm, that sleep and wake cycle. So what we do during the during the day actually impacts, you know, how we feel at night. So um, something to pay, pay attention to, you know, yes. if you're like, I just can't get to sleep. We often go to things like melatonin and all these sleep supplements and all these products. And it's like, mm. maybe you just need to go outside for 15 minutes in the morning and that alone can make a huge... Look at how simple that is, Sam, yes. right? It's simple and it's free. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. Amazing. And then I guess the same thing is, like you said, to be to be said for the evening, and then you start to dim lights as it as it uh, as it gets dark outside. Absolutely, we yeah. have dimmers pretty much all over the house. Yeah, we mm. dim everything. Or we use candles. Um, yeah, we're 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 really conscious of that because I know, as I'm sure you do, how it feels one or two nights in a row of oh, yeah. not getting good sleep. I cannot function. Yeah, like, it does not feel good, and then I'm walking around like a zombie and I can't function and, you know, and then I just feel like crap. So, and plus not sleeping means you're going to spike your cortisol levels, which is going to impact your insulin levels. And now you're going to have more sh uh, sugar cravings and mm -hmm. carb cravings, right? That's often what happens when you're walking around lacking sleep and you're exhausted it's really rare that you're like, give me a kale salad. <laughs> no, you're like, give me the coffee and the pizza and the carbs and the bread and the bagel, right? Like that's yeah. what you want. Yeah. And your lack of sleep can really impact that, the the hunger and the cravings. Amazing. And so on sleep, like, do you recommend, you know, the, the eight hours that you hear about often or, or yes, absolutely. Very. What does that look like? I do think it can vary from person to person and everyone's going to be unique. I would say absolutely nothing less than seven hours for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, but I mean, anywhere from seven to nine, 
So I know for myself that I definitely function way better anywhere from eight to nine hours of sleep. Mm -hmm. Um, Even that seven hours, like if that happens once or twice a week, that's fine. But if that's an ongoing thing for me, I I need that extra hour even too. It really Mm -hmm. does make a difference for me. So yeah, everybody will definitely be a bit unique and bio-individual, but um, we often need more sleep than, 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 Mm. yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. I think a lot of people would say, oh yeah, I'm good on five or six hours, but maybe if they did eight for a week, they'd be like, holy shit, I can actually thrive (laughs) even more. Right. Yes, absolutely. All right. Sweet. Um, so we got to touch on nutrition, obviously. Uh, you like an anti-inflammatory diet for healthy mm-hmm. hormones. So what does that entail, Sam? Yeah. So it really means getting rid of the pro-inflammatory foods, right? Okay. So things like gluten, of course, is going to be top of the mm-hmm. list. It's very inflammatory, can really damage the gut and the lining of the gut, um, can cause a lot of inflammation in the gut. And um, the the structure, the protein structure of gluten can actually mimic the thyroid gland. So what ends up happening is if you, um, you know, your immune system can actually go to attack, it can't differentiate between gluten and the thyroid gland. So attack gluten, but it can also attack the thyroid. Um, So being really conscious of just your gluten intake, Uh, dairy, now dairy, I wouldn't say across the board for everybody. Some people can do really well digesting dairy and others Mm -hmm. can't. So I always recommend just maybe eliminating it initially, especially if you have a lot of skin issues going on, then dairy for sure can be a big trigger for skin issues. Um, So, you know, cutting that out for maybe a good four weeks and then reintroducing and seeing how you feel. Um, And sometimes people do better with like soft cheeses or hard cheeses. So you just got to play around with that a little mm-hmm. bit. Mm-hmm. Um, sugar is the next, obviously, the big <laughs> one. Gluten, dairy, and sugar are the biggest ones. Um, okay. Sugar is, oh my, I mean, from head to toe, it's impacting us. You know, it's impacting insulin levels. It's it's um, causing blood sugar issues. When you have that blood sugar instability, that starts to impact your sex hormones. Um, it can lead to a host of hormonal imbalances from PMS to PCOS to menopause to thyroid, um, adrenal fatigue, um, you know, uh, cravings, just all sorts of things, brain fog. Mm. Um, it's very mm-hmm. stimulating. It's very addictive. Uh, so we want to be conscious of that. It's very inflammatory, of course. Uh, so those are like three of the biggies. And then, okay. of course, um, things like vegetable oils. They're very unstable. They're pro-inflammatory. Uh, your safflower, sunflower, canola, soy, mm. uh, those have got to go. Yeah. And a lot of them are um, – they're just – they're not natural, right? For example, like coconut oil, butter, um, ghee, like this is all natural. This, this is what comes from nature and these vegetable quote unquote vegetable oils, these seed oils are really, um, manufactured. They're, they're factory, you know, processed. And so we really want to be, be conscious of them. And, um, they're very high omega-6 and we do need a bit of omega-6 in our diet, but we often tend to get way too much omega-6, which is very pro-inflammatory, and omega-3 is very anti-inflammatory. Um, so just really watching your ratio of that. Um, yeah, so the vegetable oils, gluten, dairy, sugar, like this is – when I think about an anti-inflammatory diet, it's like, okay, what are we taking out? Mm. You know, what are the pro-inflammatory foods? Conventional meat, conventional dairy, you know – 
you're you're basically you are what you eat eat <laughs> right so yes yeah yeah animal products yeah right? if yeah. you're eating animal products then they're most likely eating soy and grain and you know gmo soy and then mm. you're going to ingest that as well so you know it's not a good quality meat so i always tell my clients to find that extra 20 or 30 dollars a week and and put it towards better quality meat and at least sourcing out like antibiotic free hormone free ideally organic grass fed pasture raised mm-hmm. it's way way better quality for you and and um it is actually a health food having pasture raised grass fed mm-hmm. that saturated fat is a health food and all that protein it's so essential it's going to provide you with all those fat soluble vitamins that you need a d e and k um, which builds your bones your teeth it's it's really really essential um so yeah that's kind of what that looks like and you know just eliminating some of those if not of course all of them like you're going to experience just a drastic improvement in your energy your cycle your you know your hormone health um your sleep your mood all of it um it's is really impacted by what we eat so um focusing on fruits and vegetables a really good quality protein um and eating enough protein i see a lot of women mm. under eating protein and they're just not getting in enough and mm-hmm. you know one of the biggest factors that leads to us just aging quickly and just that depletion um and that that really lacking that resiliency comes from under eating protein so if we really want to support the the aging process and really support the longevity uh we really want to get that protein in it's what helps support our muscle mass which is the number one thing that we start to lose as we age Mm -hmm. so it's hard to get that back and you got to get that protein in um and then healthy fats focusing on really good healthy fat saturated fats from animal products or coconut oil grass-fed butter ghee olive oil olives nut seeds like those are all going to be so great for you um i'm conscious of uh, with a lot of clients i work with you know just being conscious of their grain intake their carbohydrate intake Mm -hmm. Especially as we start to age, we do not handle sugar very well. And a lot of us don't, we don't realize that grains like quinoa and oats and rice and, you know, that's, that's sugar. It breaks down into sugar, right? Mm -hmm. And um, if you're overdoing sweet potato, if you're overdoing plantain, like these are all great foods, but they are sugar. And so if you're overdoing it, you know, you, you're, you're going to, be over consuming sugar and it's going to have an impact on insulin and blood sugar levels. And um, that will lead to a host of hormonal issues. Um, And of course, weight gain and more cravings. And it's just this really nasty cycle that starts to happen. So, you know, just being conscious of your intake of, of those starchier type foods and, and especially the grains. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of what that looks like. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Man, I feel like I have so much to say. And I'm like, you just said so much there. The first <laughs> thing is, the first thing is on the um like vegetable oils, you know, and and um chicken and ground beef that you might find uh, at Walmart or 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 wherever, Metro. Right. Um, the reason that these are so inexpensive is essentially because it's not a good product. Right. So, so yes, you're saving money right now, (laughs) but it might be costing you money in your health in the long run. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, 
I switched, um, we, my, my partner and I switched fully to, um, grass fed organic, uh, beef from a local farmer who I'm going to actually interview for the podcast. And cause Amazing. he, he's an educator. It's, 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 so fascinating and so I watch his Instagram stories constantly and he shows you like you know what it does like what what even the cows eating the grass on the pasture what it does for the earth yes and and you know what what he's doing with it and then moving them and what that does and it's like it's just friggin' amazing and I feel like wow Yes. And I feel really good about giving him my hard earned money. Yes. And putting that into my body as well. Um, Absolutely. It's a real energy exchange, you know? And yeah, uh, yeah we want to avoid conventional. We just don't want to support that industry. Right. So yeah. there's so many amazing local farmers and, um, you know, what they're doing to preserve the land. I, I feel like a lot of us don't realize how important meat actually is yes to the land and to the soil um there's a lot of misinformation out there so you know it's important for us to kind of dig in and do some research around that yeah I couldn't agree more okay so right there at the end you talked um you touched slightly on blood sugar levels so this is something that you talk about in your book as well um, and I wanted you to use the example of the fact that you're not a big fan of snacking. Mm-hmm. And um, I said po- possibly an unpopular opinion. I'm not really sure because, well, on many levels, obviously, people love snacks. But can you tell us about, you know, what goes on with our blood sugar levels when we snack in the afternoon or particularly at night before bed? Yeah, absolutely. So, okay. I'll start off first by just kind of giving the lowdown on insulin and that that process. So when we eat food, when we eat really anything, especially carbohydrates, we are going to spike our insulin levels. And insulin is a hormone. And what it does is it is going to take, so you're going to eat sugar and it breaks down into glucose and it's going to take that glucose in the body and it's going to go essentially grab that glucose and it's going to go transport it over to a cell and it's going to go store that sugar for later. And so what ends up happening is when we overeat carbohydrates, we are constantly forcing our bodies to produce insulin, go and take the glucose, go to the cell, knock on the cell door, say, hey, open up here's some sugar. And we're forcing that process over and over and over and over and over again until what's going to happen is your insulin is going to have this glucose in hand and it's going to go to the cell door and the cell door is going to be like, no, I'm not Mm. opening because I am full. Like you keep giving me too much. And now you're going to have this erratic blood sugar that goes on. And so this is obviously what can lead to, you know, pre-diabetes and diabetes. Mm -hmm. And it is a big factor in women's hormonal health and cycles um, and menopause. So a lot of our symptoms can be managed, especially weight, by managing our insulin levels. So this comes back to eating enough protein and eating enough healthy fats and really being conscious of you know the starchy type foods that we're eating. Um, so that's kind of the process there with insulin. Now, insulin is going to get you know, quote unquote, spiked by anything that we eat, but especially with carbohydrate rich food um, and sugar, grains, all of that, right? So, um, 
No, what was your question? I totally forgot your question now. <laughs> <laughs> Just why we don't like, why you're not a fan of snacking oh, yeah, before snacking. bed in the yes. afternoons. Okay. You, you, you're, you're answering it. <laughs> yes. Okay. And so with snacking, um, thanks for the reminder. Yeah. Um, so with snacking, what ends up happening is the more frequently we eat, the more we're putting our insulin to work. Mm. And so, you know, all day long, you're going through this, okay, breakfast, spike the insulin and then drop and then snack, spike the insulin and then lunch, spike the insulin and then another snack and then dinner and then another snack. And it's just up mm-hmm, and down, up and mm-hmm, down, up and mm-hmm. down. So you're going through this blood sugar roller coaster, and this can lead to headaches and migraines and cycle irregularity. It can actually force your ovaries to overproduce testosterone, which will lead to PCOS, which can lead to cystic acne, wow. which can lead to hair loss or excessive hair growth in places where you do not want it, mm-hmm. um, right? It can lead to a lot of issues there. Um, and then, of course, weight gain and then with waking, we're going to have more inflammation going on. So it really begins this very nasty cycle. So we want to minimize how frequently we're eating. And this is why I'm not a fan of snacking. We want to take out snacking, eat three meals a day. So now instead of having these, you know, six spikes of insulin throughout the day, so to speak, you now have three and you have way more stable insulin um, and blood sugar throughout the day. Mm. And and that, like I said, with those symptoms that I just mentioned, it's going to it's gonna really help minimize those symptoms that you could be potentially experiencing. Um, but it's also going to help keep your weight stable, your energy stable, your hunger stable. Um, it is so, so essential. And the fact of just constantly spiking that insulin and constantly having these blood sugar issues that's a stressor to the body. And so when that insulin goes up and constantly over and over and over again, and this roller coaster that keeps happening, you're going to trigger your adrenal hormones. You're going to trigger that cortisol. Cortisol and insulin speak to each other. And so now cortisol is going to be like, what is going on here? This is a stressor. This is so much work. Something's going on here. There's a roller coaster. And now the cortisol is going to spike and now your insulin is spiked. And both of those are fat storing hormones. Mm. And then the weight starts to come on, right? Mm. So this is where we hear where a lot of women are like, I'm working out, I'm sleeping well, I'm I'm eating my, you know, five, six meals a day, I'm eating yeah. a lot of healthy food, what's going on, right? Yeah. So minimize the snacking. It's really going to have an impact um, on your overall health and hormones for sure in, in such a big way. Uh, yeah, I will say like, I've eaten healthy most, most of my life. Like, I mean, obviously with like up ebbs and flows and stuff like that, but, um, during this most recent, like shift into wellness, if you will, um, (laughs) I was like, I was working, uh, not at home and, and, um, I was packing like, you know, breakfast, lunch, snack, and then I would have dinner and I don't know, I just was having that three o'clock snack and it, and it was always like chia pudding. Like it was always like healthy with some protein sure. and stuff like that. But I found that once I really started to hone in a, just a little bit more, a little bit more closely on what I was eating at each, each meal. And I would say your program helped me with this as well, um, that I felt satiated and I didn't think, I didn't feel like I needed that three o'clock snack, you know, because right. like, you know, for example, I, I switched just one example, I switched from eating overnight oats in the morning right. to, um, 
I don't know, an egg and avocado sandwich on gluten-free bread or just something that like had the healthy fat, the, the protein, the, right. the, the carbohydrates and just that perfect balance. And yep. um, maybe that would be helpful, right? For, for, for women to just really just pay a time, like, and it's not hard work. It's just like really paying attention totally. and making sure that you're getting that good food and perhaps you're not going to be suddenly you're like, Oh shit, it's almost time for dinner. And I didn't have my snack. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, that you're right on there with like just the small little changes. You know, so many of us, we equate like breakfast to really like sugary foods, you know, oats Mm. and bagels and toast. So even just swapping that for more protein and more fat in the morning, that's going to make a huge difference. And that's going to really set the stage for you metabolically first thing in the morning and, and really set the stage for the day. So just a simple swap like that okay. would be great. And then the other thing I should mention too is like, if you're an athlete, you know, it's it's different, right? Yeah. If, yeah. if you're like hardcore athlete and you're training at like a really elite level, it's going to be different. You're going to eat more and your body and how your cells uptake that insulin is very different than somebody who has a desk job and is maybe going Mm. to the gym three to four days a week. Like that, Mm -hmm. that's very different, you know, metabolically speaking, what those, those two different women can handle. Like, you know, it's, it's very different. So I'd say for your everyday average woman, cut the snacking. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I, I dig it. I dig it. I don't know if everybody else will, but it's something that we can definitely try. <laughs> um, so Sam, next I was going to talk about women's cycles. I feel like we already sort of touched on what a healthy cycle should look at. Um, you know, cramping, heavy bleeding. These are, these are all signs of, of some sort of uh, an imbalance. Mm-hmm. Um so instead of getting back into that, why don't we move into like, I can't, I, I can't have you here and not talk to you about birth control and talk to you about the pill. Sure. Um, a lot of, a lot of women that I know, um, are on it. A lot of, a lot that I know are not any longer. Right. Um, but it is something that I talk to particularly with a couple of girlfriends, like in their, that are in their thirties still. And, um, one, I actually directed her to your website um, and uh, and she's having some success coming off of it. But could you tell us like, and, and also just uh, to be honest, like for, for me personally, I was put on it because I had a heavy period years and years ago yep. and I hated it and I got off of it. I tried two different, maybe two or three different times. I knew it wasn't for me, even though I knew I didn't want to have children. I knew that there were uh, deep down, even though I didn't know the information behind it, I right. knew it, something was wrong with it. Um, so sure. can you can you just tell us how does the pill work? Mm-hmm. <laughs> because it just seems wild that that something like that little pill can really control your friggin' female cycle. So yeah. what does it what does it do, and what does it do to our horm- hormones? Yeah, absolutely. So. I mean, the amount of women that are on the pill because they have PMS symptoms, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's alarming, right? The pill now is prescribed for, oh, you have a headache, here you go. Oh, you have, <laughs> you know, you have some discomfort around your cycle, you know, here you go. You have breast tenderness, mm-hmm. here you go. You have cravings around your cycle. Here, it's just like, right? So it's used across the board for a host of symptoms and it's never going to get doesn't get to the root cause of why you're experiencing those symptoms. So 
we're not deficient in the birth control pill. Okay. It's not like, <laughs> you know, it's not like we have all these hormonal issues going on with our cycle. And then we're like, oh, I know I need the birth control pill. That's going to solve everything. Right. And, and it's a very false sense of belief because we take the pill and then we, it, it like, most women thinks, think it regulates our cycle, but it doesn't because we end up having this period every basically 28 di- mm-hmm. days while you're on the pill, you know, because you have three weeks where you take the pill and then you have like, you know, kind of the sugar pills that you take for that right. one week, right? Um, so is this false sense that like we have a regular cycle, but the period that you get while you're on the pill isn't a true period. It's called a pill bleed. So oh. it's not actually your period. And so what the pill is doing, I mean, essentially you're taking synthetic hormones. Those synthetic hormones are going to shut down your ovaries. Your ovaries is how you produce your estrogen and progesterone and ovulation is how you produce your estrogen and progesterone. So now you've basically shut down the biggest reason of why we're meant to menstruate is to ovulate. And again, whether fertility or not, right? Pregnancy or not. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the pill will completely just shut down ovulation. And it's imposing these synthetic hormones on the body so that now your own hormones really don't need to work anymore, right? Your your ovaries, in a sense, become lazy. Mm-hmm. And so your ovaries are like, well, I'm I'm getting these synthetic hormones every day, <laughs> so, so why do I need to work, right? So I don't need to produce my own estrogen and progesterone. We'll just take this pill every day. So you shut down the your womanhood. You shut it down. Oh, right. It's it's the true essence of being a woman is that is ovulation and for women who are listening to this and thinking like, oh, but it's, you know, it's making menstruation so easy. It's like, I get that. I do. I get that. But you have to understand that it's masking a deeper issue and problem that's going on. So if you went on the pill because you had cystic acne or an irregular cycle and now your skin is clear and you have what you think is this regular cycle, it's actually a pill bleed you know, you're not getting to the root of why the cystic acne showed up in the first place and why your cycle was irregular in the first place. Mm -hmm. We need to go investigate and figure out what caused those symptoms to show up first and let's go address that. And so this is where you work with a practitioner, you do that investigative work, you do some hormone testing and you dive in and you see what's going on, where are these imbalances happening? And now we can start to fix that so that we can clear up your acne and regulate your cycle naturally without imposing synthetic hormones on your system. And so, yeah, go ahead. Did you have a Yeah, so I can I'm just I just wanted to say that then the the way that you just put that makes me really see why a lot of women might not want to go off of the pill. Totally. Like sorry, but like oh my acne's gone and now I have like Yes. you know, quote unquote, a regular four day bleed versus like changing my tampon every hour yeah. on the hour. Like that would take a lot of convincing for some people, right? You're absolutely right. Yeah. absolutely. And then they're going to invest money working with someone like yourself or a naturopath or whoever it might be. Yes. Not realizing that that money is going to be so well spent. Of course. Of course. Right? Like you're literally fucking with your womanhood is what you're saying. 100%. That's terrifying to me. It is, especially when if you want to get pregnant in the future, 
right? So maybe yes. you're, I don't know, maybe you're 28, 29 right now. You know, I'm just throwing out a number. Yeah. And you know, like, okay, by 35, I want to have a baby. Well, that process starts right now. That prep phase starts yeah. right now because I would never recommend somebody get off the pill and go try and conceive right away. You have got to detox those synthetic hormones out of your body. You are just passing that all on to baby. Oh my so gosh. You really want to spend time setting the stage for a healthy pregnancy and reducing inflammation and healthy body weight and regular cycle and detox. Like it is so, so important. And, um, you know, the amount of toxins, you know, I think it's like 300 plus toxins that are found in the umbilical cord. It's crazy how much toxins get passed on to the baby and oh, man. hundreds of thousands of new toxins are approved in the, in the environment and the food industry every single year. We have to really start being conscious and really start to take ownership of our health. And I know it seems so easy to go and pop this pill and, you know, it magically fixes everything, but it really doesn't. It's masking everything. And what's going to mm. happen is in the future, it can pose an issue with your fertility. Getting off the pill means that, or, or sorry, staying on the pill means that, I mean, how do I want to put this? Like when you get off of the pill, you may not get your period back right away. It could take mm -hmm. years and I've seen it in practice. I've had women, you know, devastated by they wanted to come off the pill and six months later they wanted to get pregnant and their period has still not returned because wow. the pill can really start to impact how your cells respond to insulin. So if you come off the pill, a lot of women have actually had post-pill PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so that will play, you know, have a big impact on your, your levels of fertility. So it's all really important. And then of course, as we start to head into our 40s and our perimenopausal years and our menopausal years, the more we suppress, suppress our, our ovaries and our ovulation and our natural hormones from working, the worse it's going to be. The symptoms that are going to show up in those perimenopausal years is it's going to be really devastating. And then to try and swing the pendulum back, to try and bring this mm -hmm. balance, it becomes that much harder. Holy shit. <laughs> so I don't That's want to be all doom and gloom. It's just no, but I really want women to start taking ownership, you know, yes. and, and recognizing the beauty of their body and the yeah. innate ability to heal. And it just takes time. It takes time. It takes a commitment, but you're so deserving of diving in and doing that research and truly understanding your body. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, I just want to go back really quickly to one thing that you said that I think would convince women <laughs> that the pill might not be that bueno is that those toxins can be passed along to your baby. And I Absolutely. think that that will set off some alarms for a lot of women. So thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, of course. Um, because I think, I don't know, I think uh, for me in for me personally, and, pro and I would think for other, for other women, you're thinking more about your own body and your own cycle and your own this and your own that you're I, I I wouldn't think about okay well now I'm off of it I'm gonna have a baby what I might be passing along to him or her so right. Right. thank you for mentioning that that's amazing yeah of course my pleasure and then in my book the 30-day hormone solution yeah 
there's a full like I, I talk all about the birth control in there. There's yeah. a protocol in there. So for anyone that's listening and feels they need support around there, then it's definitely in the book for sure. Oh, yeah. We'll be adding a link uh in the show notes to that baby because it is worth it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So toxins, um, detoxification, it's my new favorite subject. (laughs) I just released one with Lauren who works for you, with you um, today. And we had a fascinating conversation. Amazing. Um, So I just want to touch on it briefly with you um, because it's so important to women's hormone health. And you have a whole chapter on it in your book. Um, but I want to talk about the very, very last part of that chapter. It was like a paragraph and it's emotional detox. Mm. Um, what is emotional detox and how can we approach that? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So I love that you're bringing this up. And um, I think like, you know, when we think about detox, we think about all the fancy pills and products on the store shelves, Mm. right? And the detox kits. And sure, those can play a role. But of course, you know, it always comes down to your food and the everyday things that you're doing for for your health. Um, And a part of that, which we often neglect or don't really realize how, how, how much of an impact it has on us, is our emotional well-being, right? Is is our levels of stress, is how we are reacting to things in our everyday life, you know, how we're trying to control things in our everyday life, or mm-hmm. we're worrying over things that don't even end up happening. I, I forget what that quote is, but it's like 95% of the stuff that you worry about doesn't even happen anyway yeah. or something like that, right? Yeah. You know, and so it's really building up this emotional resiliency. And I think what ends up happening is we lose that resiliency because we are so caught up in people pleasing and serving others and putting ourselves last, especially as as women. And for anyone mm-hmm. who's listening to this who is a mother and has kids and, you know, family and, you know, putting your family first. And yeah. I respect and I admire that. But yeah. you know, there's a cost to it. Right. There's there's a cost to that. And and then you feel depleted. And then you have this, uh, you know, this buildup of of just like overreacting and you know and just this whole like just I don't know what the word is but like maybe feeling just a bit emotionally unstable perhaps right Mm -hmm. and just being super overreactive and really unstable irritable anxious because your own needs are being neglected and so it's really important that we carve out that time for ourselves every day it's not just this like going to the spa every couple of months or something like that, or your manager and pedicure, you know, sure, those can be forms of self-care, but it's really about carving out the time every day for you. You know, is that a hot bath? Is that a walk outside? Is that 30 minutes to read a book or journal? You know, is that quiet time in the morning to drink your coffee? Like it, it doesn't have to be this elaborate, routine. Yes. Yeah. Or, you know, this crazy meditation app and you have to sit in this way. Like it doesn't have to be all this hour long hot bath, whatever, right. It can be 15 minutes maybe. Right. Absolutely. It's Mm -hmm. just that daily dedication to Mm -hmm. yourself so that you can feel grounded so that you can, you know, it's about committing to you. It's about putting your needs first and putting yourself first and then how you show up for others. You know, it's going to be so, so much more powerful. And as Mm -hmm. women, 
we are so powerful and we do lead the household and we do lead our kids and they're watching. And yeah. so, you know, it's important to really set set the example for them um, and just creating healthy boundaries around in, in your life, in your work, in mm-hmm. your relationships, all mm-hmm. of it. Um, it's so easy to just say, yes, 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 I'll do all the things. Um, so learning learning perhaps more how to say no, right? And, and yeah. clearing out your schedule and you know, I always tell my clients, like, it's, we're not human doings, we're human beings. (laughs) I love it. You know, it's not about going Mm -hmm. and doing more. It's about being and being in the moment and being present and and really committing to you. So, you know, speak about emotional detox. Yeah, that's, that's kind of what that that means to me. Beautiful. And I and I really love that you, I just, I was just drawn to that. I was like, I love it. Because Speaking about detox all the time, it is always about what's sort of going into your body or what you're doing with with your body, not about your actual um, mental state and your and your emotions. So mm-hmm. uh, I think it's fantastic that you recognize that. Um, okay, switching gears a little. So you did a solo podcast. I f- I can't remember. I think it was a month or two ago. It was kind of long. It was like a good one about things that you personally were doing to focus on your health. Right. And we're all yeah. like, Oh, well, Sam's like the healthiest person in town. So what the hell can she be <laughs> doing? But you were like, I'm trying this, I'm trying this. And yeah, one of them was like, I'm having more sex with my partner. Yeah. And I was like, Ooh, giddy up. Like that's probably something people would be into, including myself. And could you tell us like, what is it about sex? Mm-hmm. Whether it's, and that's the thing, like I, I talked about this in another podcast, like with Laura Bourne, like it doesn't have to be, uh, it doesn't have to be with a partner. This can be like solo, Correct. solo yes. sex, right? Which can be fantastic and Absolutely. faster sometimes, but uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> what about, what about sex helps us with our health and with man- maintaining healthy hormones? Yeah. So I love this question. And, you know, I like to think about the health puzzle, right? And there's so many pieces that make up this health puzzle and nutrition is one and hydration and movement and, mm-hmm. you know, supplements and sex is part of that puzzle too, right? And so we often neglect, we often neglect it because mm-hmm. we're neglecting ourselves, right? We're not putting ourselves first, just how I was speaking about, you know, our emotional resiliency and not having healthy boundaries. And so of course, at the end of the day, you feel so depleted. Yeah. You're just like, oh, forget it. I, you know, I can't have the energy to do that anymore. But if we could reframe how we actually look at sex and how it is healing and how it's this amazing connection with not just Mm -hmm. ourselves, but with our partner and this connection of love and community and, you know, togetherness, like Mm -hmm. it is so important in terms of of healing and transformation. And so um, I think it's important for women to start carving out the time for, you know, in, including this in their like he- healthy healing routines, right? Just like you're taking your supplements every day and, um, you know, have sex every day. And I mean, <laughs> some women who might be like every single day, <laughs> maybe you don't start there, but yeah. You know, you start wherever it's going to make sense for you. But it definitely doesn't have to just be with your partner. I think it is very important for women to have that time alone with themselves and like be connected to your body. So many of us are very disconnected 
We don't even know what we like or what we want because we don't spend the time to really explore that. Mm -hmm. Right. So explore that for yourself. And then, and, and at the same time, openly communicating that to your partner too. Um, and it's not, it's, it's actually going to really deepen your relationship and your connection. Um, and it's also really going to allow you to like be in your power. Really mm. in your feminine power of owning what it is that what your body likes, you know, it's it's yeah. receiving it's receiving pleasure, and a lot of us have a very hard time receiving that pleasure. Um, and so, sex, I mean, it is one of the best things that we can do to help manage our stress because when we have an orgasm, it actually helps us to produce more estrogen. It helps us lower our cortisol levels. It really is amazing for supporting adrenal health. And mm. so, um, yeah, if you, so I get the, this dynamic of like, oh, I'm so stressed. I'm so tired. I can't have sex. But actually, if you can reframe that and be like, oh my God, I'm so tired. I'm, you know, I'm so stressed. I'm going to use yeah. sex as a tool, as, yeah, as a tool as a healing tool right mm. now to help lower these levels and calm my body and you know give my body this pleasure and this surge yes. of these amazing hormones. I think it's just a bit of a reframe that we need to need to have around that. I love it. And then Sam, what would you say to those women who maybe are not feeling that comfortable in their body right now? Um, like being stressed and tired is one and it's a huge thing, but what if they're like, you know, I'm just feeling like heavy or something like that. Like what, what do you tell those women? Yeah, absolutely. And listen, I get it. You know, there are times where we're, we're not going to feel it. Right. Or there are times where, and it's like, especially for the women who are listening to this, who may be like just had a baby and you're yeah. just feeling like a bit of that disconnect from your body right now, or mm -hmm. there's been like an excess weight that you're not used to. Like, I get that. And I fully recognize that. And so it's really about just like tuning into you and what do you need to provide for yourself so that you can feel really confident in your body. You know, it's it's not about looking externally as what somebody else can give you, but what do mm. you need to give to yourself? And, you know, a big area we often need to look at is that negative self-talk. You know, if all day long you're just talking about, oh my God, I hate my thighs, how big these thighs are. I look terrible in these jeans. I can't wear this dress. Yeah. I hate summer's coming. I'm going to expose more skin. Like, if that is the constant conversation that's going on in your head, it really is going to like you need to do a bit more of a reframe around that and give and send yourself some more loving kindness. And um, the power of your word like is is very powerful. And so start to recognize that and the language that you are saying to yourself day in and day out and how you see yourself. Mm -hmm. So a, a reframe of that internal self-talk is really, really important for sure. Okay. And at the same time is just getting clear on your needs. But what can you provide for yourself, right? What is it that you can give your body so that you can move in the direction where you feel confident and, and you feel better in your body. Does it mean drinking more water? Does it mean taking that daily walk every day? Does it mean, you know, eating healthier foods? Does it mean hiring a coach or personal trainer, whatever that looks for, but 
looks like for you, but mm-hmm. you know, take it on yourself to to move in the direction of where you really want to be and really take action with that. And again, reframing a bit of that that internal self talk because that voice can be really nasty and really mean, and we yeah. are our worst critics. Yeah. Um, and we often don't even realize like our partner isn't thinking these things. Yes. I was just going to bring that up with you. Right. Yes. I couldn't agree more. (laughs) Yes. Our partner isn't thinking these things. We're the one that's thinking these things. Yeah. We're the one making it worse than it is. Yeah. And, 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 right. And so your partner wants to connect with you. Exactly. And, And sometimes it can be a bit of that discomfort of like just getting over the hump and just doing it so that you can experience actually that wasn't so bad right yeah totally like, yeah because the more we sit back and overthink it and overthink it and overthink it it's like actually sometimes what you need to do is stop thinking and just go and do the thing yeah, yeah. and you realize like okay that was way easier than than i thought right? and better and made you feel yeah. so good like sometimes you know even if you don't intend to like life gets busy and yes. maybe both of you, both you and your partner work your asses off. And so there might be a week or two and you're like, holy shit, man, we haven't been intimate in a long time. Let's just make the time. And then when you do, you're like, oh man, like, let's do that again tomorrow. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, totally. I remember reading this story many, many years ago about this couple who committed to having sex every single day for an entire year, no, no matter what. Oh, yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Every that go? single wow. day. And I remember they wrote like this whole story about it. I don't know. It was this like blog post somewhere. Wow. Many years ago that I read it, but I was like, that is amazing. Like maybe you should, you and Gaytan should do that. We should and, totally uh, write a post to let us know how it goes. <laughs> then maybe we'll be more apt to try it. <laughs> That could be a really good challenge to take. Oh, giddy up. (laughs) Okay. Well, thank you. Because sex is important and and it's talked about, but not like in terms of, I don't think about how it can really help your health. So, so I'm glad that, uh, I'm glad that we talked about that. So Sam, it sounds like, it sounds to me like there's light at the end of the tunnel for women, (laughs) which is friggin' fantastic. Um, Could you give us, can you tell us? how if someone that's listening thinks that they might be suffering from hormone imbalance how do they get themselves tested or what sort of steps other than going to your website and and working with well that that might be a main one but are there tests like you know that people can go and uh and get and find out what's going on yeah well i mean you or know, do you offer that or what What does that look like? For sure. We do with our core, you know, signature program that we offer with all of our clients, um, our hormone solution program. Mm-hmm. It is a four-month program and uh, we do dive deep into hormone testing. So we use the Dutch hormone test in our okay. practice. It's a urine test and it's um, – it's much better than any sort of saliva or blood test that you can get because it actually looks at the hormone metabolites, um, which is just really great. It, as a practitioner, it allows us to just dive in a lot deeper into what's happening with these hormones because um, it's not that we just have hormones. We have these different metabolites of the hormones. You know, We have different types of estrogen in the body and different pathways these estrogens go down. And so some can be very protective, some can be very dangerous, and we can actually see all of this through a Dutch test um, and then how well your liver is detoxing and breaking this down. Mm. Um, 
Whereas you can't see that with just a regular blood test. Right. Um, so we do the Dutch test in our in our program. And Sweet. then we, yeah, it's really fantastic. And then we get you connected with our naturopath for a consult. And then you work with your coach. Um, so it's very customized, very personalized. Um, and, and it's really, really great that way. So that's obviously one option for sure, coming to work with us. And then outside of that, I mean, just working with your doctor, you know, um, asking your doctor for testing, uh, getting a full thyroid panel is so key. And I know it can be like pulling teeth to get a full thyroid panel. Most doctors just test your TSH, which only tells you one very small part of the picture when it comes to your thyroid. Uh, you need your free T3, your free T4, your reverse T3, your, um, anti-TPO, your anti-TG, like you need all those six tests. It's really, really important. Um, and you know, if your doctor is just giving you a hard time, it might be time to find somebody else. Um, or you may need to go to a naturopath and pay for it out of pocket. I know that that's how it was for me. And, um, you know, my doctor was just like, ah, you don't need this. And it's like, no, I'm, I'm asking you for this and you're Mm -hmm. supposed to be here on my side supporting me in this journey. So, if I'm asking for this, I, I need you to run it, right? So, yeah, yeah. you know, it's another part of the con- conversation is just like being bold enough to ask and demand it really. Awesome. Like this is your doctor and they're here to serve you and support you in your health. So ask for what you need. Um, so you can definitely get your hormones tested through your doctor with blood work. However, You have to test at specific times in your cycle and oftentimes it's so wild to me that doctors will just test you right on the spot without even asking you questions about your cycle. Where you are, yeah. Yeah, and it's just Mm -hmm. like, well, you're not going to get the right data. Yeah. Um, But then again, you're not going to see the metabolites and it's not going to, you know, you're not going to really get all those answers. Um, And then – yeah, I mean that that would probably be the best thing is like starting with a full thyroid panel. I mean, especially okay. if you have some of those thyroid symptoms going on, um having like a full metabolic panel your doctor can run for you. Uh those things can can be really great and anybody can ask their doctor for them, but again, every doctor is different and they might be, you know, might give you a hard time with it. And then outside of that, if you really are feeling stuck and you feel like you've been down the road with your doctor and you're not getting the answers, you're not getting the support, then, you know, you can come on board and and get the support, um, you know, with us and our team. Yeah, I think we definitely will go to Sam Gladish for sure. That's probably the best route, gals. Um, Thank you, Sam. That's awesome. So finally, the last question on the pod is always, um, I'm looking for one, just one of your favorite self-care practices. Ooh, um, there's so many. Well, my favorite would be my sauna. Oh, beautiful. Okay. Yes. I thought you were going to say sex, but oh, just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just really kidding. Good. Okay. No, this is amazing because not to, not to interrupt you, but one of my girlfriends is like really keen on learning about infrared. So I'm, in, I'm assuming you're talking mm-hmm. about an infrared sauna. Yes. And I know that the kind that you have is from where I live in Collingwood. Oh yeah. It's sauna ray. So yeah. Can you tell us a bit about, this is supposed to be a short answer, but I need to know about this. So, it's so okay. tell us a bit about it and the benefits. Yeah, please. I love our sauna ray. And um, so we have a two-person sauna ray. And I, you know, I'm not affiliated with them or anything, but mm-hmm. I, I highly recommend them because an infrared sauna is unlike a regular sauna where it's just making your skin very hot. Like it's still very detox friendly in, in a regular sauna, right? Um, or even a steam room or something like that. Um, the 
the air around you gets very hot. So your skin is going to get very hot in a regular sauna. But in an infrared, it's actually heating your internal temperature. So you are literally detoxing from deep within like your subcutaneous fat, like really deep within. So it's actually really wonderful for anybody who is thinking about getting pregnant and is having issues Mm. and fertility issues. For both partners, it's really important to do detox and do infrared because you can really release a lot of toxins that way. Mm. Um, So yeah, I mean, it's fantastic for obviously detoxification. And um, so that's why I love to use it. And then be conscious of the brand that you purchase because you're sitting in this heat and you're detoxing. The last thing you want is to be in a sauna that has all these different glues and all Yes. That, yeah. Right. You're going to be ingesting that. So with sauna ray, there is nothing like that. It's just these panels that literally slide together. Um, so the quality of the wood is important. If it's been painted, you know, things like that, you really have to be conscious of. So sauna ray is, is really great with that. And I know there's some really great co- uh, companies in the U S as well. Um, but yeah, so I actually batch care, uh, bat, sorry, batch my self care. So what that means is I go in the sauna, I put on some castor oil on my liver for mm. liver detox. Mm-hmm. And then I also put on my meditation app. So I do all three oh, man. in my 20 minutes in the sauna and it's fantastic. Perfect. And then yeah. you get three. That's amazing. I yeah. like it. I like it. Yeah. Good suggestion. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Sam. This was everything I hoped for. You're the woman. And it was just so informative and so great. Um, So can you tell listeners where they can find you if they want to reach out and work with you or just follow you? Yeah, absolutely. So you can connect with me on Instagram. I'm always hanging out there at Holistic Wellness Foodie. And then you can head on over to the website, holisticwellness.ca. And I don't know exactly when this episode will be released, but we're in the process of updating our website. And it's I'm so excited because it's going to be so beautiful. Um, But yeah, all the details will be there for anybody that wants to work with us in the Hormone Solution Program. And um, yeah, you can just reach out to us there. You interviewed Coach Lauren, who is a coach. Yes, she works over at Holistic Wellness um, for, for my business. And she's an amazing coach. So um, you can connect with Lauren if you want to hop on a call to learn more about that program. Um, yeah, so all the details are there at holisticwellness.ca. Awesome. And then you also have a um, Facebook group that's more um, catered toward business. I just thought I'd throw that out there because I, I joined it. What Can you tell us a bit about that one? Totally. Yeah. So I have a uh, Facebook group called the Holistic Business Collective. So obviously being um, being an entrepreneur and having grown and, you know, scaled my own online business, I had a lot of practitioners reaching out and looking for support and growing their nutrition business and practice. Um, so I really wanted to give back and really share, you know, the the practices that have worked for me and and really help other women practitioners in this space primarily, um, you know, build build and grow and, and scale their business and do it from a place of authenticity and with heart and with love mm-hmm. and with ease. And um, so that's the Holistic Business Collective. So if you are a practitioner and want to support in that area, um, that group is free and you can just search it on Facebook and join us there. Beautiful. So I'll include all of those in the show notes. And I can't thank you enough, Sam. Thank Um, you. And I'll be seeing you soon because we're going to work together and I can't wait. I'm so Um, excited. Me too. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. And congrats on your podcast. And I'm so grateful to be here. (laughs) Thank you. Okay. I will see you soon. And uh, just can't thank you enough. Have an awesome day, Sam. Thanks. You too. Take care.
Thanks for being here, everybody. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast and you were able to gain some new insight and knowledge into wellness. The goal here is to develop habits for long-term success in health and happiness. If you enjoy the podcast, it would mean so much to me if you could subscribe and follow and leave a review on iTunes. Let's continue our shift into wellness, support each other along the way, and be the best we can be from the inside out.